So is it ethically wrong for credit card companies to target students? In my opinion, I, I believe it is. I find it incredibly interesting that the drinking age in most states is 21, but they have no problem letting these credit card companies get these young people in debt before they even get a chance to start out. These kids are being preyed upon as soon as they get out of high school. Welcome to You Are the Guest, a weekly show where you can be the guest and tell people what you and your friends and neighbors think about news events and issues of the day. It's part talk show, part opinion poll, part reality show, and a whole lot of fun. And it's completely dependent upon your participation as a guest. To be considered as a guest for a future show, check out the website at www.youaretheguest.com for details. Now here's your program host, Bill Grady. Greetings from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, and welcome to show number 67 of You Are the Guest, the show where we talk to everyday people just like you and me about their lives and about the issues of the day. Our guest today joins us from Washington, D.C. Harriet, welcome to You Are the Guest. Thank you for having me, Bill. Harriet, do you want to talk about yourself and introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. My name is Harriet Freeman. I am an author and speaker, and I'm the CEO of H.E. Freeman Enterprises, and I, it's a credit repair and personal finance business. We help people restore their credit, help them learn how to manage their money so they can get out of debt. And I also give seminars and workshops on how to get out of debt. And I thought this would be a perfect time to talk about credit and the credit card companies since a lot of people kind of dig themselves a bigger hole around the holiday season. So hopefully we might be able to help some folks out. My first question for you, and I hope this doesn't seem too personal, but have you ever had credit problems? Yes, I have. That is what inspired me to write this book so people won't make the same mistakes I made. Unfortunately, I got into debt when I was in college. Uh, the credit card companies would sit out, sit outside, and they would lure us to the tables with T-shirts, water bottles, keychains, and we would go over there, and they said, oh, you know, sign up for a credit card, and we said, well, we don't have a job. You know, how are we going to pay it? Oh, don't worry about it. Your parents will pay for it. So we all signed up for the cards, and um, actually, according to the law now, you cannot... Um, Approve someone for a credit card if they're under 18 or if they are um, under 18 and unemployed. Were you under 18 at this particular point? Um, no, I was 18, but I was not employed. Okay, okay. And so they approved us for a card. I got my first card. I went on a shopping spree, and I didn't really understand about credit cards and that you had to pay the money back, so... After I got the first card, I started receiving pre-approval cards in the mail, so I activated all of those. And by the time I realized I had 13 credit cards and I was in $11,000 debt. Then, on top of that, I uh, bought a car in my name for my boyfriend. He missed some payments. They repossessed the car, so I ended up owing a total of $20,000, and I was making $21,000. So I know all about debt, and I was able to get myself out. Um, what I did was I called a few of the companies. I told them I wanted to set up a payment plan, and they told me how to go about doing it. So I started a payment plan for each of my bills, and I slowly paid each bill off until I was out of debt. And I really want to dig into what the credit card companies do to get students credit cards and get those credit cards into their hands. But first of all, I want to ask you, 
What do you think is the root of the problem that this country has with consumer debt? The root of the problem that I find with most of my clients is people don't know how to manage their money. They're not taught, um, many times people are not taught skills when they're children or when they're in high school, how to manage their money, how to um, put themselves on a budget so they don't overextend themselves. Um, and, and the key problem that we see today is so many people are filing for bankruptcy according to the Bankruptcy Institute, American Bankruptcy Institute. Uh, over one million people file for personal bankruptcy every year. So it's really an epidemic um, in our country, and I think people just don't know how to manage their finances. They don't know uh, what their monthly income is. They don't know how much they owe in debt. And so you, if you don't have an accountability, you, you can't get yourself out of the hole, so people get deeper and deeper into the hole, and they don't know what to do to get out. What responsibility does the banking industry share for this problem? The banking industry does have a responsibility because you really should not extend credit to someone who is already already has bad credit. But um, it seems like the banking industry um, targets people who have bad credit more so than people who have good credit. In other words, they're just really out for their money and really don't care about their well-being. That's right. And also, some uh, companies, they charge you late fees if you make a late payment. They, or they um, increase your interest rate if you make a late payment, or, you know, they charge you all these extraordinary fees, over-the-limit fees, um, annual fees. And so all of those things add up, and they, they uh, really hurt the consumer because they already can't make the minimum payment, and then when you tack on all those other fees, you know, their, their debts just spiral because of that. So I think um, the consumer has a responsibility to learn how to manage their money and pay their debts, but also the banking industry has a responsibility. You know, why are you charging all these extra fees? Why aren't you making sure that your customers are educated about what they're getting into and so they won't make these mistakes and so they won't uh, be in a financial mess? Here's a couple of interesting statistics I found. First of all, the industry made $50 billion in total finance charges. That's late fees, interest fees, transfer fees, all that. That's $50 billion in the U.S. alone. Some of the other things that um, I found interesting was that 32% of all students had four or more credit cards. That's correct. The average student had six credit cards, and one in seven owes more than $15,000. That's right, because what I'm hearing, a lot of college students are using credit cards to pay for college. And so that's why they're getting into debt. And also, um, they don't, some of them don't understand what I mentioned earlier about credit cards and, and the responsibility that comes along with having a credit card. So that, that's what's happening to the college students. And there's no, um, there's no education system in the schools to teach them you know, how to manage their money and how to use the credit card responsibly. So is it ethically wrong for credit card companies to target students, in your opinion? In my opinion, I, I believe it is. I believe it is because there are some, some college students are not um, responsible enough to handle, um, handle a credit card and handle paying the, uh, paying the debt. You know, some of them aren't working, so they can't really pay the debt back. Or, you know, if they ask their parents, their parents may not be able to pay the debt back either. They end up owing thousands of dollars 
um, by the time they get out of school and their credit is uh, a mess because they were trying to pay for school or pay for, you know, supplies or what, what have you that they need for college. I find it incredibly interesting that the drinking age in most states is 21, and they they don't want to sell students alcohol because of the fact that they would get into trouble. But they have no problem letting these credit card companies get these young people in debt before they even get a chance to start out. That is correct. That is correct, Bill. And that that is a really, really um, terrible problem. I spoke to some high school students about a month ago, and I really stressed to them, do not get a credit card, you know. Until you uh, until you have a full time job and you can pay make the monthly payments because you know if they these kids may have a job at CVS or something and if they lose their job then there goes the credit card they can't make the payment and so their credit is messed up for seven years so I really try to stress to high school students to um, wait before getting a credit card because um, they're getting into they're getting into debt, like you said, Bill, before they can even get a chance to start to start their lives. I do marketing and advertising seminars throughout the Midwest, and one of the things that I do to show the effects of direct mail is that one year I collected every piece of direct mail that I received from a credit card company or from a mortgage company. And what I do is I bring in this big 24-gallon tub, and I dump the direct mail onto the floor and people are just amazed by how much direct mail from credit card companies that they get and it's, it comes out to be a, a little over 800 pieces of mail that i received in just one year oh my gosh wow but people don't realize that because you know you get it one day and throw it away. You get it one day and throw it away. But I just thought it would be interesting just to collect it all and and see how much it added up to. And it comes out to be this twenty four gallon tub of wow. direct mail. So, in your opinion, and from from when you talk with people, has the do not call list changed the way credit card companies solicit business? It does. Uh... I don't think it changes the way companies do business because they're they're still going to try to market to people. Um, what I'm finding is that they are um, doing more research to get in contact with people. For instance, before they may have, have had someone's home phone number. Now they're trying to contact people on their cell phone number. Oh, really? It's, yeah, so they're still using the same method. They're just going a different route. Could there be a legislative solution to the problem, or should it be an educative solution? Or maybe a little of both? I think it should be a little of both, because the government definitely has stepped up, because they have the do not call list, and they also have a mailing list um, where you can sign up and ask, ask that your name and address be removed from junk mail. And that, uh, you, that address is www.dmaconsumers.org. And you'll see on there you can ask to remove your name from telephone list and from mailing list. And that, uh, that, that does help somewhat. Of course, it takes time before um, your name is updated on all the lists that they have. But that does reduce the junk mail that you receive. And also, to reduce junk mail, people um, have to realize that whenever they fill out a survey or a contest or sign up for some free service or sign up for a magazine, 
all of your personal information is sold to marketing companies. So each time you do that, you um, multiply or increase your chances of getting junk mail. So people, your listeners just need to keep that in mind when they fill out forms. Way back in the 70s, we curtailed the tobacco industry's access to radio and to television for promoting their tobacco. Basically, we took off cigarette and cigar advertising off the airwaves. What would you think would be the result if we were to do the same thing with credit cards and refinancing mortgages? I believe there would definitely be a drop in revenue for those companies. They would not like that. They would definitely not like that. But do you think that people would stop throwing themselves into the financial pit hole of credit card debt? I think or, or do you think that would matter at all? I think it would help. I think it would help. But in addition to that, people need to educate themselves. The, uh, the government needs to... Uh, have more rules and regulations for the credit card companies. Um, like what? What what should be some more rules and regulations for the credit card companies? They need to uh, do a better job of monitoring how these companies do business. Um, some of these uh, companies uh, threaten people. Uh, they go to people's neighborhoods and they sit out in people's neighborhoods and scout for people and they go talk to their neighbors to try to get the person's contact information. Um, In other words, they're almost the next thing to a gang or a mafia. That's right. That's exactly right. The credit card mafia. That's exactly right. And um, it, it's not right. You know, it's not right. Uh, we, I, you know, people understand that if they miss a payment, you, the company, of course, wants their money. But the methods they're using are really unethical, and they... The government should do more to try to um, to try to implement rules and regulations for these credit card companies. And um, I know when I had bad credit, I was targeted, or I received. It seemed like I received a lot more junk mail than when I uh, didn't have bad credit. Um, it seemed like I got something in the mail every week asking me to. I'm signing for another credit card, and I'm thinking, don't you realize I have bad credit? Why on earth would I want to get more credit? But that's how people get into debt. Um, they, they say, well, they're sending me a card, so my credit must be okay, but they don't realize. That's how, you get, that's how credit card companies get you. You'll never get out of debt if you keep getting more and more credit cards. You'll you never get out of that cycle. You'll never get out of that tailspin. So, so there definitely needs to be more rules and regulations from the government. To, um, against the credit card companies and financial institutions. Here's another interesting statistic that I found out. In 2004, 65% of teens failed a financial literacy test, and this is according to the Jumpstart Coalition. So if that's the case, what are the schools doing to teach students about financial responsibility? The schools are not doing anything. Um, like I said, I went to talk to some students um, one of my friends is a school teacher, and she had me come talk to her students because the school does not teach the students anything unless, unless your school has, like, a finance class or um, a class similar to that. These kids are not learning anything about finances and how to manage their money. So they're not prepared uh, when they go out into the world or after they graduate high school to um, handle money, to, you know, to know how to handle credit, to write a check, um, you know, those kind of things, then they're not, they're not prepared for that. 
So that's why they get into the financial mess that they do at such a young age. And then they jump into the consumerism, which is live the good life, but they don't have the money yet. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I think that these companies um, make people feel that they have to um, live above their means to keep a certain image. And so that's really a falsehood. You don't have to keep up with the Joneses. You don't have to have what someone else has. You should live within your means. And when your salary increases, your lifestyle should adjust accordingly. But you shouldn't try to live like someone who makes 100000 if you're only making 20000 And I see that's what many people do. And I think the school system should have a program. This should be required in many school systems because these kids are being preyed upon as soon as they get out of high school, basically. Yes, yes, they should. They really should. And I don't know why they don't have that, but they really should. I think we need to get the school systems to wake up, especially the school boards, to wake up and say, you know what, this is an epidemic that we can change. And we can change that through good education. But until that happens, until people get the message out to the school boards, I don't think that's going to happen. I agree, Bill. I don't think that's going to happen either. Do you think that if there was a movement to start educating people within the school systems like, for example, MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, or SAD, Students Against Drunk Driving, that that would be welcomed, or do you think they would find some resistance from the credit card companies? It, they would definitely get resistance from the credit card companies because they have made a lot of money off of college students. And many of my clients, the reason that they have bad credit is because the same thing happened to them. The, the credit card companies went after them when they, when they went college, and that's how they got into debt. So um, I think the credit card companies would definitely be upset because College students are a big part of their, a big part of their revenue, but I think definitely something needs to be done with the school system. They really need that education because they're not prepared for the world. Could you share a story of a client that you have, not using their names or or where they live, but maybe giving our listeners a horror story of how bad some of the credit problems really are? Well. Yeah, I can give you an example. I can give you a couple of examples. I met someone a few uh, months ago um, who had some some issues, and they were a uh, million dollars in debt um, for various reasons. I, I'm not going to say, but a um, million dollars in debt. Million dollars in debt, and so. Um, can I ask how does somebody get a million dollars in debt? Well, obviously, they must have had a very high credit limit. Right, they had a high credit limit, and also um, they had some health issues and didn't have health insurance. So what I definitely stress to my clients, I ask them, do you have health insurance, do you have life insurance, do you have disability, do you get leave on your job? Because if you, get, if you ever get sick um, and you don't have insurance, your medical bills can skyrocket. I have another example, um, someone I know... Um, they were living at home with their parents. Their parents passed away, and um, their parents did not educate them about paying bills and um, how to uh, pay a mortgage and those kind of things. So um, 
they were unable to pay the car note, they were unable to pay the mortgage, they were unable to pay their utilities, they were unable to buy food, they were unable to buy gas for the car. All of the, all of the uh, necessities of life they didn't have money to pay for, and so they had to resort to, um, to social programs or what have you to get the money they needed to just pay for the basic necessities of life. And this person um, was, an, um, was not a, a college student, but they were um, old enough where you thought someone at that age would have known how to do those things. What are the pitfalls that most consumers fall into during the holiday season? I am so glad you asked that. The pitfalls are, again, we touched on it, everyone lives above their means. During the holiday season, people for some reason feel obligated that they have to spend 500 or 1000 or $5,000 during the Christmas season because if they don't, the children will be upset or their family members or whoever they buy gifts for will be upset. And what I tell my clients is you have to live within your means. And if there's anyone that's close to you, a friend or relative or spouse or partner or whoever who gets upset because you only spent a certain amount on a gift, then you don't need to be around them anymore. You don't need to be in a relationship with them because it should not be about how much you spend. It should be about the thought. The thought should be enough. And you should not have your children um, thinking that if they don't get this gift, then their Christmas is, is not good. You know, They shouldn't be upset if they don't get the latest Elmo or the latest PlayStation because it's not about how much money. It's about being with your family and spending time and, um, you know, about the thought that counts. But... So many people get caught up in these companies who do these who do marketing to people saying, oh, you know, don't you want to buy this diamond or don't you want to buy this new car or you deserve it or you work hard all year and you should treat yourself. And people get so caught up into the frenzy. I saw on the news about a month ago when the PlayStation came out, there were people lined up down the street fussing and fighting over a PlayStation. I, I was just in shock. I'm like, is this what the world has come to? People are fussing and fighting over a toy? Oh, absolutely. And, and the thing that is crazy about it is that it's going to be more readily available six months from now. Exactly. And they'll probably work. Exactly. And what, what the people fail to realize is these companies are, are um, treating them like puppets. They pull the strings and these people move the way they want them to and do what they want. Because the companies only send, like, uh, I went into the store one time and the company, the, uh, the manager said the companies purposely only send 40 or 50 or whatever the number is of the, the, the hot toy or the hot item of the year. So people will rush to the stores and lose their minds and go into a frenzy. They do that on purpose, and people don't even don't even realize it. So what are the red flags to look for that says you're in trouble when it comes to your credit? Well, there are a few things. Uh, if you are spending 50% or more than your credit limit, so, for example, if you have a credit card and the limit is $1,000 and you have spent uh, $500, then that is a sign that you need to uh, get your, your spending in order because that's a red flag to lenders that you are not, uh, that you are high risk. You, you don't know how to manage your money. Also, um, if your debt to income ratio is above 35 or 36 percent, then you need to check your, your spending habits because you, you will also be considered a high risk to a lender. If you pay for everything with your credit card, if you constantly make late payments, if you um, don't know how much you owe, if you don't 
put yourself on a budget. Um, if you're always paying late fees or you're, you're always uh, paying over the limit fees or um, annual fees for your credit cards, if your interest rate on your credit cards are 18%, that's too much. You, your interest rate should be much lower than that. Also, if you start paying for things such as rent, groceries, or medical expenses, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. So those are the, the, some of the signs that uh, that will give you an indication that you have uh, bad credit or you need to uh, reevaluate your spending habits. And here's my final question. If someone is in trouble, what are their options? Well, there are several options. Um, the first thing you need to do is if you are in debt, you need to uh, be accountable. You need to document how much income you're bringing in. You need to document your monthly income. You need to document all of your uh, debts and all of your expenses. And you subtract your total income, your total monthly income from your total monthly expenses. And whatever you have left over, you use that money to pay down your debt. Now, if you don't have any money left over, then that's even a bigger red flag that you need to uh, evaluate your spending habits. But um, once you do that, then you need to try to uh, reduce some of your expenses. You can start bringing your lunch to work. You can carpool. You can catch the public transportation. You can hold a yard sale for unused items or donate unused items to charity, which you can write off on your taxes. Um, you can, you know, maybe not go out to eat so much. Um, you can rent movies instead of going to the movie theater. Uh, you can use coupons when you go shopping, or you can shop at wholesale, wholesale stores. Maybe cancel your cable service or um, get a cheaper plan. Maybe cancel your cell phone service or get a cheaper plan. Um, eat your breakfast at home instead of going to work and buying breakfast. Uh, those are some of the things that you can do to um, get yourself out of, out of debt to uh, get money, more money to pay your debts. And if you have extra money, you can, send, um, you can double up on the monthly payments or maybe send a little bit extra. So if your monthly payment is $20, you can try sending 30 or $40, and that will help pay down your debt at a faster rate. Maybe if I can offer a summary, it would be to live below your means for a while until you get caught up. That is correct, Bill. That is correct. Definitely live below your means, and you most definitely have to put yourself on your budget. You have to uh, know what you have. You can't get out of debt or pay anything unless you put yourself on your budget. Even, uh, even entertainers and uh, the people in Hollywood put themselves on the budget. Of course, they make more money than we probably ever will, but they even put themselves on the budget. Sometimes they say, oh, well, you know, I can only spend 2000 a week. You know, they even are accountable for themselves. So we definitely need to be more accountable um, with our money and figure out how much our total monthly income is and total expenses are and, and start to pay off your debts. Harry, and it's time to play Ask Bill 3. This is where I'm going to turn the microphone over to you, and you get to ask me three questions about anything. So fire away. All right, Bill. Well, my first question is, what advice can you give to people who are considering starting their own business? First of all, you need to really think about 
the type of customer that you want to attract. You want to have in mind the person or the the service that you're going to connect them to. So, so that would be number one. The other thing is that you really need to have a thought-out plan, such as how are you going to finance it? Are you going to get a small business loan? Are you going to do it yourself? And then you need to really discipline yourself to put together that plan and then find a mentor that helps you develop that plan throughout the uh, at least the first three to five years that you're starting the business. Oh, okay. That was good information. Okay. My next question is, how important is marketing and advertising to the success of a business? Incredibly. And the reason for it is because having no advertising is like being in a lifeboat in the middle of the ocean. In other words, it's just by pure chance that they find you. And so there are several different ways of being able to market yourself. If you don't have a lot of money right off the bat, then you do what I call relationship-type marketing, which is you join your chamber of commerce, you join your JCs, you join some organizations, and you build relationships by being with them, and hopefully that will gain you business. I know you also have your own business. What types of advertising have you found that worked for you? Well, for my business, I did not have a large advertising budget, but I did what you just said. I joined some organizations. Um, I had some friends help me. I passed out flyers. You know, I did footwork. Um, I went to different um, activities in the city and talked with people and passed out flyers. I um, work with other people, and I send some promotional material to them so they can help me promote my business. Um, I have some affiliates and we um, or and some reciprocal links where I link to other people's site and they link to my site. Some of my customers um, took some of my uh, business cards and passed them out for me. So I do just some small things to help me because I didn't have a large budget. Harry, and what's question number three? Question number three is... Uh, about your business, the podcast business, what advice can you give people to encourage them to start podcasting? Are you looking for answers on how people can start this as a hobby or how they can start this as part of their business? How they can start this as part of their business. Well, the one thing that they really need to remember is that podcasting takes a lot of time. And I think a lot of people just kind of say, hey, I, I've got some things I want to talk about. Let's do podcasting, and they really don't think it out. So first of all, start slow. Recognizing that it takes a lot of time, say that this is the message we're going to bring out. This is the information we're going to give to our clients because it's basically what a podcast is, is a newsletter that is spoken. It's a spoken newsletter. So if you have a, a formulation of what you want to talk about and can continue that topic over a period of time, then you'll do well in podcasting. If you just say, hey, you know what, I just want to get out there because this is cool and everybody's doing it and you really don't have a thought out plan, then it will either fail miserably in the beginning or you'll run out of things to say, if that makes sense. Yes, it does make sense. Okay, that was very good advice. Harriet, do you want to talk about your website and also how our listeners can find your book? Sure. My website is www.he 
F-R-E-E-M-A-N Enterprises with an S dot com. And I have a new book out. It's called How to Get Out of Debt, Get an A Credit Rating for Free by me, Harriet Freeman, H-A-R-R-I-N-E, Freeman, F-R-E-E-M-A-N, and it will be in all major bookstores on December 15th. Borders, Barnes & Noble, Walden Books. It's also available on Amazon.com. And in, if anyone has any questions about credit or credit repair, they can give me a call at 202-251-2503, or they can send me an email at hfreeman at hefreemanenterprises.com. And we'll have that information on our website, too. Harriet, thank you so much for being our guest this week on You Were the Guest. Thank you, Bill. It was a great, great time. If you'd like to be a guest, it's real easy to find out how. Just go to our website at www.youaretheguest.com and click Be the Guest for all the details. That concludes this week's edition of You Are the Guest from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa. I'm Bill Grady. Thanks for listening.